Welcome to Speak the Truth. And before we get into our next episode, I'd like to share with you the 2020 Call to Counsel National Conference brought to you by the Association of Biblical Counselors. The conference kicks off April 23rd through the 25th at Doxology Bible Church located in Fort Worth, Texas. This year's specialized tracks include Introduction to Biblical Counseling, Depression, Domestic Abuse, Addiction, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Marriage, and Anxiety. Registration is open, so please register today at Call to Counsel. Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio and there's a lot going on, isn't there, right now? Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Shauna, how are we doing? Good. Are you concerned about the coronavirus? I, I'm i concerned that I'm not as concerned as I maybe should be. So you're concerned? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I was looking at just realizing, like, should I be freaking out a little bit more? And then, I don't know, everything's canceling. Yeah, that's true. Jeremy, are you concerned, man? I'm concerned, but uh, not overly concerned yet. So do you have a, are you stocked up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer? <laughs> We were having a conversation before we started. Yeah, unfortunately, so. we're a little behind on all that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we might just run Big out. Time. No, I think we're good because we, we normally have our Costco run, so we were good beforehand. So Yeah, we don't really use hand sanitizer at the house. We're soap and water, folks, aren't we? Yeah. And that's but better. Should we Bath admit and that, body or? works? I don't know. <laughs> what would you say? 10% alcohol, 90% glitter? It's sad when we have really <laughs> good smell. banter before we start recording and we're trying to recreate it now that we're recording and it's not going so well. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. Uh, At any rate, we are back in studio and we wanted to finish our part two of ADHD. And last week we had kind of got into the first part of it. So in this episode, we want to cover hyperactivity and um, really get into outside of hyperactivity, get into impulsivity, just some categories within ADHD that we want to talk about from the DSM side and then get into uh, just the biblical perspective. Let me say that again, biblical perspective perspective that was better the first one was a little little weird a little weird so yeah well you didn't say how you're feeling about the virus good catch yeah I'm not really. What's the response from the church right now? Yeah. So we've kind of been going back and forth. Um, some, you know, it's, do, do you, do you not have Sunday service? Um, do you stop or do you just cancel like Bible studies or, you know, other activities on Sunday? Or is it really about the Sunday service? Or is it like, you know what, we're going to push through Sunday. We're just not going to have any contact with our uh, greeters. No, no handshaking. Hey, how you doing? You know, just a smile and a, you know, a little wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of looking at that and, um, we're pretty much going to follow what the school system does, mm. you know, oh, because okay. I, I mean, you know, if, if they're sending 4,000, you know, students back to class and we're, we're not going to church on Sunday that, I mean, even the math doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. we don't have 4,000 congregants, you know? Yeah. Mm. So the probability of spreading the virus is, you know, far less likely. Mm. So mm. that's our thought process on it. And, you know, at the rate that the country is responding, which I get it, larger venues, entertainment, sports and all that stuff, that makes sense. But throughout the country, there's different areas where like, you know, gatherings for less than 200, they're, you know, they're encouraging and, and really pushing people to cancel a lot of stuff, you know, under mm. 200 people mm. or over 200 people. Is it only, it's only a virus that can, is only from contact, not like from air. No, right? you can cough and. Oh, you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, it was funny. President Trump, even I think before he coughed a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't cough, but he he did say, you know, if you're going to sneeze or whatever, you know, cover cover your mouth and, yes. and all that type of stuff, so it doesn't become airborne at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what yeah. we should properly do anyway. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael's going to call me out because sometimes I don't. <laughs> no, I won't. I will though because it's. I just did. I already called myself yeah, out. Yeah. So now, but now I have to, now I have to provide an entertaining example. Fine. And it just so I'm, happens I'm conveniently. To, I'm used to banter and our jokes being at my expense. So welcome to my world. Yes. Well, conveniently, I do have a pretty entertaining example. Which happened, I think, like less than a week ago. Anyway, so when Shauna sneezes, it is like a production. I mean, there's. Like- <laughs> Wait a minute. We need. I want to approve this. No, it is like. So she's like, we're talking, right, Jeremy? We're talking, and you she just looks my at me. Boss is like on in this room yeah. right now, and you're yeah, because like, we all oh, sneeze. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's it's not a matter of professionalism, although the outcome maybe was not as professional. I don't know. <laughs> Finish no. your story. So she so she kind of like she's on. talking to me, and then like I like the production's coming, and then she turns, and then just. On my windshield. It surprised me. Like, <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Okay. And I look at him like, "Are you serious?" I felt so much better. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> I, I said, felt- "Look at my window." <laughs> oh. <laughs> it caught me for surprise. I didn't realize how it caught big it was going to be. The entire vehicle. I did surprise. feel so much better though. Thanks for not asking. I'm so glad that windshield caught all of that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so but Windex, with- where are you? Yeah, with the yeah. virus, let's cover yes. our mouth when yes. we sneeze and we cough, like yes. normal stuff. Well, you also tell me you don't like it when I sneeze on the inside of my shirt because of what I'm sneezing on. Well, so. that, those are for marital reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, make a decision. What do I do? Like, do it on, the, on my arm. Yeah, do like a dap sneeze. Yeah, you know, something. that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, something to... Yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> anyway, a lot going on with the coronavirus. Yeah, but you um, said your son's school is going to cancel, huh? Is he going to come back home or well, what? Hey, what's it's that not canceling. Like? Uh, University oh. of Texas just, they go on spring break next week and they've added an extra week. Oh, gotcha. And I hear that TCU's done the same and they're mm-hmm. going to online, online until courses. the end of the month or yep. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. So a lot going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Man. It, yeah, it's uh, it'll definitely be interesting uh, to see kind of how things begin to, but I'm at least the thought process is I guess in closing on the coronavirus um, is, you know, responding by having more people not go out, so it it kind of just goes goes away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it contains. Well, and one of the things I pray that it does um, get people eternally minded, you know, realizing that things like this could really wipe out a lot of us very quickly. It could happen out of nowhere. And so how are we not taking day by day for granted and really, you know, thinking, hey, this is a privilege to be alive today. And how am I being internally minded by um, the things I'm doing, right? My day to day. Yeah, that, and that's something positive that could definitely come out of this if we help people refocus. Yeah, and I, I think that's we kind of talked a little bit about that at our uh, staff meeting this morning. As far as the church situation was concerned, is just you know what, what's the proper response? Obviously, you want to be smart, right? Um, but at the same time, are we going to be driven by fear? You know, right. at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, or on the other end of that spectrum, you could be like what's happening in China, where the Christians who have been being persecuted are actually going out, providing help to people, doing hospital visits, like not, they're not restricted by the virus, man. They're like mm. Christ's love is going beyond that bounds. And it's wonderful. And yeah. There was an article that I read and like, actually like somebody came to faith and like they actually recorded like all it was, it was a big deal, man. It was, mm. 
And like that really kind of puts it in perspective, Yeah, you know? So, um, it'd be amazing to have that sort of response, Mm -hmm. um, at least at the domestic level here. Anyway. All right. So ADHD part two, um, Jeremy, would you, uh, kick us off on the hyperactivity through the DSM as just far as the, um, symptomologies and just to kind of catch our listeners up from, excuse me, last week where we talked about, uh, symptomologies having, um, up to six of these symptomologies. Cause last week we had kind of gone through, um, uh, I think up to eight symptomologies. And if you exhibit six or more, these uh these symptomologies within a six month period Mm -hmm. then you know you're you're exhibiting adhd so anyway we're going to hit hyperactivity uh jeremy you want to hit the the dsm and then i'll do the biblical yeah so if if again the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders is what we're working from uh these uh categories and criteria are also drawn from the dsm4 tr and so the current DSM is the DSM-5. So it's it's actually structured a bit differently, mm-hmm. um, but in the same spirit. So right. the hyper, uh, if, if a child is goes to a psychiatrist um, and the psychiatrist is assessing for AD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, they might be looking for the terms or the phrases that I'm about to mention under the heading of hyperactivity. Number one, often fidgets with hands or feet or squirms in their seat. Number two, often leaves their seat in the classroom or in other situations in which remaining seated is expected. Number three, often runs about or climbs excessively in situations in which it is inappropriate. Uh, The next one often has difficulty playing or engaging in leisure activities quietly. And next is often on the go or often acts as if driven by a motor. And then finally, often talks excessively. What is and here, often and here, acts here, as if driven by a motor? What does that mean? So here, here's the interesting struggle. How do you quantify often? Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Th- this, re- these descriptors really expose the vulnerability of the diagnostic and statistical manual mm-hmm. uh, because that's a very subjective interpretation. Uh, if I'm a teacher, often maybe one time or mm-hmm. three times. Um, if I'm in a different context than a classroom, often... I mean, what context also determines our definition of often. So it, it's a very tough way to diagnose what's supposed to be a disease, but yeah, that's what we work from. Just, it's really interesting you brought that up just to kind of piggyback on our last episode. You talked about kind of how with kids specifically, as they enter into the school system, mm-hmm. that's oftentimes when they're, so that's often, huh? re- like, and so really for the teacher, it's not often, that's their always. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So to the, to the child, that, that could be just in that context, but that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't necessitate often. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. Um, just in uh, the, the children point. that typically are going to stand out under the umbrella of this diagnosis, once they enter into a school system are young boys. Right. Uh, because boys are wired to be active. And once they get into the confines of a classroom for the first time, you know, they're going to run into some struggles that our culture has decided to label as a disease. Yeah, that's uh, that is that is interesting. Now on just uh, so we're going to kind of pivot. We're going to go from DSM and then we'll go to biblical explanation. So we're covering the hyperactive our hyperactivity piece, and then we'll do the same with impulsivity. But just from a biblical perspective on the hyperactivity, some of these would be, you know, lack of self-control. And I, again, last week when we were, you know, at least beginning this discussion on ADHD, really started getting into the parental aspect of it. Yes. You know, and, and really looking at these things, lack of self-control. Well, how, how do you help develop self-control in a child, right? Mm-hmm. That's a parental responsibility in shepherding that. Um, struggles, with an, struggles with an anxious heart. Even as adults, you know, I mean, anxiety is on an all-time high. So 
kids have no basis to deal with anxiety. So they, they don't, there's no process for it. It's all new to them. So, I mean, imagine physiologically somebody's anxious, a kid, I mean, they're pacing back and forth. I know me personally, as a younger kid, man, my, my stepmom would always kind of call me out because I just, in certain things, I remember just pacing the house. And I think even mm. sometimes, uh, <laughs> even as an adult, I pace a little bit, you know, if I'm thinking a lot and things like that, but mm-hmm. you know, so, so do I have ADHD now? Because you know what I mean? Like uh, exhibiting some of these things. So even though these things are revealed, you know, to the open, but spiritually there's more going on. And that's kind of the, you know, the reason why we're comparing these at that rate. And then low view of obedience, you know, going back to the classroom, you know, it's a teacher. I'm learning something I don't care about. You know, they're going to rebel. They're mm-hmm. not. I mean, it's very difficult to, to demonstrate obedience and something like that. Fatigue due to lack of rest, you know? So again, Jeremy, you pointed out last episode about this, that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a wellness approach. It's not like, oh, here's just a pill. Um, again, not saying necessarily that we're against, you know, taking pills, but again, let's do our due diligence in the natural things, you know, dieting, sleep, rest, all of those things contribute to these things. That's what you were really kind of talking on. Absolutely. Last episode too. And then personal weakness. When our kids, when, when kids feel exposed, and I keep going back to kids because that tends to be, I mean, that's the demographic for ADHD, it seems. And then, so my generation, you know, millennials, the, I think the last one you threw out last week was Ritalin, right? Like yes. they've obviously, you know, they've got Vivans now and they've got other medications for that. But back then it was Ritalin and it seemed like all the kids were on it. So it seemed like in the nineties is when they really started pushing this ADHD and pushing some of those pills. And there wasn't really a conversation about how, how do you, how do you help kids in their weakness when they're like in there in the they're in the classroom and they're struggling. They feel weak. They feel like they're stupid. Like there's all these other things at play. And so you're going to exhibit some of these things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. uh, And then rebellion and and selfishness. Um, Again, and and what, what, what we're saying here uh, when we're giving biblical possibilities, we're not saying that one or all of these are absolutely the cause. We're just saying from a spiritual perspective, as we're looking at individuals as creatures of God that are motivated by hearts of worship, these are some areas that we might want to assess or at least consider as we're working with a particular child. Right. So it's like the observations that the DSM makes, the spiritual observation slash interpretation in terms of how do you actually approach bringing resolve to it. Yes. Yeah. And the problem, you know, the struggle with the psychiatric approach to this is they're going to be looking at uh, these diagnoses are basically developed with a worldview that we are nothing more than matter. And so these are brain disorders. And when that happens, um, brain misfiring, brain misfiring. And sometimes that might be the case. We're not, we're not saying that, that the physiology is, is irrelevant in how to deal with someone with these kind of struggles. It very well could be, but we can't ignore, you know, I love how uh, Dr. Michael Emlett out of uh, CCEF puts it, that there's never a time that we are not both uh, physically and spiritually engaged. Right. Um, we're, we have to always consider both sides. And so that's what we're doing here as we look at these biblical categories. Yeah. Cause I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it is a oneness. I mean, without mm-hmm. the life, the sole aspect, the immaterial reality of who we are, there, there would be nothing physically happening to the body yeah. without that immaterial reality. That's correct. So, I mean, there is a, a level of oneness there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That is good. All right. Impulsivity. Yeah. So under the, uh, DSM categories, you're going to find statements like this often blurts out answers before questions have been completed, often has difficulty awaiting turn, often interrupts or intrudes on others, butting into a conversation or butting into games when they haven't asked. 
it's funny, you know, when you when you compare these side by side and you really look at this, it it's it's the same story, different terminology, mm-hmm. right? It's expressed differently. So with the DSM, often blurts out answers before, okay, it James or one of the impulsivities from a biblical perspective is quick to speak, slow to listen. Mm-hmm. That, that's a character issue, right? That, that's that, that's a heart issue. Uh, like all of these are heart issues in a sense, an unrepentant heart, impatience, you know? So when, uh, you know, when somebody's exhibiting impatience, well, that's what you're going to see observationally. That's the, that, that's the behavior you're going to see, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, disrespectful, self-centered or selfish, which everything is rooted through that, obviously. But, but, but again, these characteristics of, you know, what we see even as adults and then with our kids. So ADHD is, it, it's an in tandem approach, you know, and again, like we've stated before, we're not suggesting that you take kids or, you know, whoever's on off the medication, but at the same time, work at the spiritual reality of it too. You know, it just in most cases, those that I've, I, I've seen that have ADHD and they, you know, though, I just have ADHD, it was my ADHD, it's my ADHD, put everything on that, but they don't actually like they're like, they, they've never realized like it's an actual heart issue. Like there's a spiritual mm-hmm. component to that. Yes. Um, which is why this is relevant. So, uh, just to, just to our listeners, you know, um, like I said, I have, I have a, I have a son who, who has, um, ADHD, who's been given medication for it. Um, so, you know, we have these conversations. So did to our listeners who are themselves on the medication or family members or friends or what have you, uh, just, just remember the encouragement and getting them and the spiritual uh, reality of this, the spiritual explanation to some of these uh, observations and some of these behaviors and characteristics from the DSM side. So any final thoughts? Yeah, I I do want to mention uh, this isn't a book on ADHD, but often parents who have children diagnosed with ADHD, they are being told exclusively without question, this is a brain disorder. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, depending on the child. And always the spiritual, as you're saying, is excluded. This is a very accessible, easy to read book called Am I Just My Brain? And it's written by uh, a woman who is a believer. She's making the argument of how important it is for us as Christians to be able to articulate from a biblical worldview why we yeah. reject that perspective. And she gives a lot of really good arguments. Uh, she looks at consciousness. She looks at uh, various from various angles, not just neuroscience. So am I just my brain is a, is a great resource that I just came across. Actually, uh, Dr. Tim Lane posted it on Facebook and I went and grabbed it and it, it's a really good read. No, that's good. We'll, uh, we should check that out too, huh? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that book. You have any thoughts? Yeah. So I, you know, I was just thinking as you guys are reading over this, you know, if from a counselor standpoint with a kid in my room and what are some of the things that I would really, you know, seek to understand. And, you know, one of the things I really love in, in preparing for our podcast is the fact that, you know, ChristianCounseling.com being a member, you know, we have all these resources. And so I was pulling up the handouts, not realizing that for this one particular, there's a 12 page document in here that really just breaks down every everything we just said. So as you're talking about low view of disobedience, personal weakness, rebellion, it breaks down each of these segments here and actually gives feedback. And so even from the personal weakness thing where nutrition and the things that they're eating and how these things are important to understand and know them. And so you might make changes in their diet and it doesn't happen right away, but to be alert and as a parent to really be looking through these things and, and considering all options, not just one. Right. But 
you know, I think there there's twofold where we can see in our society nowadays with depression, anxiety, ADHD, all these things that we are um, quickly diagnosing children, right? Even adults. And so it's important for us to encourage the parents that if they come to us in the counseling room to prepare them to be praying and writing questions down that they ask their doctor when they take their, their child mm-hmm. to hopefully a Christian doctor in a way that if, if it is prescribed, they're asking really good questions on, you know, what the medication is, side effects, really get an understanding of, is this a long-term medication? Why are we giving this to my child? And those types of things. Also making sure that we're considering the, the, these things of behavior, you know, the rebellion, the lack of obedience, and what type of consistent training are we putting in place as the parent? And us as a counselor, just giving them feedback on what would that look like? What are the things that we need to do? And, you know, obviously we're asking good questions and getting to the heart issues of, of what's going on with our child. But, you know, often, Oftentimes I see these types of situations really uh, helping us in our sanctification process, right? Because when we have a child that's going through that, we're just like, sit still. We want you to be normal. Act like, you know, this and that or be like this in this particular situation. And we're not taking the time or having the patience to really um, realize that you might have to say this particular thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. But don't get angry and the repetitiveness of that, but be patient in the process and realize that where one kid, you could tell them no and why no, they might get it and understand, but another person might not. You know, personally, even struggling with anxiety, knowing that this is a piece of um, of this, oftentimes my body would respond and I felt I had no control over it. So there's also the element of the, typically the child or the person doesn't want to feel this way either. They don't want to be hyperactive you know, they want to Mm -hmm. be, they don't want to experience these things as well. They don't want the discipline that comes after it. And so I know that in a podcast, what it's going to be 20 minutes or so, we can never cover all the, the, um, all the examples of what people are experiencing out there, right. As parents or the actual children or, you know, the counselors. But I think that, I love that this document and reading up on it specifically to get all these different situations to try to implement it or us as counselors encourage the parents to really think through and be patient in the process of what this might look like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just, you know, am thinking of all the different people who could be listening going, ah, oh, but I need a little bit more on this or, you know, or what, what does this count for this? And so I think this is so, there's so many layers in this particular topic in a way that there could be truly our bodies responding and it's out of their control and we need to give them the proper help and assistance they need. And then there's the other part where maybe it is the selfishness and the rebellion and we really need to be patient and asking questions and then teaching them, right? Not just say don't do this, but give them alternatives or a way to do it properly. Does that make sense? And then be patient, consistent and repetitive in that communication with them. Yeah, that's good. And you know, it's what's funny about that is what what's the What's the number one question that kids ask? It's one word. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Because that when you think about it, they're they're literally wanting to be taught what why like and it, you know obviously as parents we get irritated because it just it's like it's just a loop it just yeah. it continues but we either have the opportunity to in that moment actually teach and shepherd that heart or we get annoyed and we say just do it because i told you so mm-hmm. i mean there may come a time where it is you know do as i said i get that but we, we need to be quicker to use that as a teaching opportunity than simply just do it because i told you and throwing that parental authority around and pretty much losing a shepherding moment yeah 
Absolutely. Well, I think too, you know, just if you think about how we grew up versus how our kids grew up, there's so many situations that are controlled and, you know, with iPads and stuff and just sit still thing where we actually had a lot of freedom of just go out and play and be back by five for dinner, you know? And so there was a part to where if we were hyperactive, like that made sense. We were climbing trees. I don't know if this is maybe the Arkansas, like part of me coming out of growing up in the country. That's right. We did that in Michigan too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, (laughs) it's just the idea that it's different where now CPS is called if your kids are playing in your front yard, you know, by mm-hmm. un- unattended. And so there's a different culture that we are experiencing here, right? Like as, yeah. as we, you know, and so I wonder if there's a piece of that, that we need to relax a little bit as parents and realize like our kids are almost being forced to sit still and be this particular way all the time. And is there a way that we're trying to look at culture to say, this is how my kids should act and how they should be behave, behave versus really getting to know our children. You know, and oftentimes, sometimes we have friends who have six kids, you know, yeah. and you have to get to know each each of the kids for who they are and how God created them to be and, and love them for that and shepherd them in that versus having them want to all act the same and be the same and be on the same schedule. You see what I'm saying? I know that makes it hard for the parent and they have to be even more intentional, especially those who are working full time too. But I think we just really need to slow down and be intentional and think through the big picture here. And so I don't, hopefully that's helpful for someone, but, um, but Jeremy. Yeah. I want to just, um, Quickly, uh, for those parents that might be listening, counselors, pastors, if we just make this about the list in the psychiatric uh, manual, we're just looking at behaviors. Right. We're just looking at a child behaving in a certain way and us focusing on changing that behavior. But scripture definitely looks at behavior, but it goes far beyond that. Mm -hmm. And Paul gives us this beautiful list of, I think this, this is where we would want to point our children rather than wait till your turn or stop answering the question out of turn. I think we want to point them to things like the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. But even just coming at a child with the question, hey, Johnny, what is it going to look like when your teacher asks a question? What is it going to look like to love her mm-hmm. the next time that she does that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it loving to her to just blurt out the answer? Or is it loving to her to raise your hand? And then if that's challenging, know that you have the Holy Spirit. If, if it's a child who's a believer, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you who can empower you to be patient. And it may take time and we're in a journey and it's not, may not be automatic, but it's wonderful to get them to recognize this isn't just them learning to stop impulses, but they are, if they're Christian children, especially the Holy Spirit is there to empower them to, to be more loving, to be more patient, to be more kind and gentle. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the uh, biblical why. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a good point too, to say, you know, why are we wanting to be this way? Not just to please me or mommy or dad, but like the Lord, right? Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. All right, well, I just want to uh, remind everyone to, if you want us to speak on anything, any topics, please email us at topics at speakthetruth.org. We'll see you next time.